sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. If we want to be as holy as we should be, we need to be as healthy as we can be. And I don't mean it can include health in body, but especially health in spirit, emotional health, psychological health. And to be as healthy as we can to, can as, as we're called to, sometimes, oftentimes, there's some healing that has to happen. But how does that happen? How can we be healed in our emotions, in our psychology? How can we be healed? What does that look like? And what does it matter for our own missionary discipleship? That's what we're going to be talking about today on the show. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Now, we're going to have an interview today with Emily Leadham. Emily's going to introduce herself, but she's very uh, qualified and very skilled at talking about this topic. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. Hi, Emily. Thanks for, being, thanks, <laughs> thanks for being on Ignition today. Uh, again, it's been a while. It has so been. I had you on... Um, well, it aired a couple months ago. We recorded it back in December. Yeah. The whole gang was switching chairs. That was a good time. Out. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a lot. Was we a should do time. I should do another 500th episode sometime. What are you on now? Uh, or... Oh, no, 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 no. Five. Or five. Nine. No, not 90. Five or 12? 512-ish. 512, yeah. 512. So, 512. That's impressive, man. It, so, um... When you get to 500 episodes, you have to throw a big party and lead them to life. I got to get back recording lead them to life. Oh, are you not recording lead them to life? No, did you not know this? I did I not know I've that. taken an unintended and sabbatical. A, a sabbatical. Yes. So why don't you, uh, for those who maybe have not had the pleasure of hearing you either on Ignition or lead them to life, introduce yourself briefly and maybe mention what the heck that thing is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Emily Leadham. Uh, I serve as the executive director of the Lourdes Center, newly renamed, uh, formerly Catholic Family Services. Um, and I've served in that role just short of two years, uh, but I've worked in the diocese in various capacities since 2013. Uh, I'm a Sioux Falls native, married to a handsome hunk of humanity named Matt. We have three beautiful little girls, so blessed to see among women. Uh, we've got a five, three, and a one-year-old. Uh, we got a lot of girls in our house. You have a lot of girls in your house. We got a lot of girls in our house. And what's Lead Them to Life? <laughs> Lead Them to Life is a podcast. Um, that started in 2019, 2018, something like that. Um, yeah, where I really just have the opportunity to bring on incredible people and ask some questions. And uh, I always say it's a place with more questions than answers to just explore what it means to really be human. Um, but like I was saying, I, I've taken an unintended sabbatical. Uh, like after, I think, December, January, there was just a couple weeks that I missed. And that couple weeks has kind of turned into a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. And it's been a fascinating. I mean, this is like a whole off-air conversation sometime because I think that there's something spiritual, like a warfare going mm. on. Because there's no reason that I haven't, you know, picked it back up again. And I actually really love the forum of podcasting. Right. And I've been so edified by just really cool conversations with great people and um, yeah, and I have a lot of people asking me like, so when is Lead Them to Life coming back on? We're getting a little anxious here, you know? Uh, and I'm like, I, what is stopping me from, from going? And I think it's, there's just some sort of something. So, uh, but it's time. 
I thought maybe Stay it's tuned. because there was that fasting episode and there was just, I mean, what else? There's like, there's to nothing to beat after you after. have Bergwald on to talk about fasting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there you was somebody cannot. after me. But. <laughs> you just can't top that, you know? Yeah, but Whatever. then it's just been a series of things like, you know, Bill Bill left, Casey's now here, which is incredible. Um, he'll be a rock star when we get started up again. But um, yeah, so I think it was just like a lot of moving pieces and some big changes, big things happening at the Lord's Center that... You can't say yes to everything, right? you know? Yep, you and so it's really been for me this discernment of like, okay, what I've said yes to right now needs to be a full yes. Um, and there will come a time when things settle down a little bit so that I can go back to this this real like place of creativity and, and joy that, that came from doing Lead Them to Life. And I think that time is coming, awesome. actually. So I do. I would really encourage uh, listeners, viewers to check out Lead Them to Life. How do you find it? Yeah, it's on wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, so just search for Lead Them to, li- yeah. lead them to Life yeah. and find it. Yep. So uh, what you talk about Lead Them to Life, what you do for your day job, Lead Them to Life is part of that as well. Executive Director of the Lord Center is very much related to the topic for today. Uh, that is healing. So why, So I want you to explain what we're going to be talking about and just as importantly, why you... So my, my, my invitation to you was, Emily, I want you to come on and talk, talk about something. You're like, what should I talk about? Whatever you're passionate about right now. And you had a couple different ideas come to mind, but this is the one that you were most excited about. So what are we going to be talking about and why are you excited about it? Yeah. So we're going to talk about, um, the process of healing essentially and why I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it for a lot of reasons. I'll start with maybe a more surface reason. Um, that's still very important. And then, and then we can dive a little bit deeper from there, but we just finished a six week series, um, out of the Lord center called a God who knocks Mm -hmm. and a God who knocks is really taken from, uh, mother Teresa's I thirst meditation, uh, where Jesus is really giving her these words and he says, behold, I'd stand at the door of your heart and knock. And, and this reality that God is not an intruder. Mm-hmm. God is a gentleman. God is, um, is waiting patiently for us to say yes to him, to receive him, to invite him in. Um, and, and, and sometimes we're not ready to invite him fully in, fully in. And so, uh, I'm really passionate about, okay, well at least meet him on the front porch. Right. And really to begin this process of healing, which ultimately leads to freedom, restoration, joy, uh, healed relationships. I mean, it's all good things and it's a painful, like it, the, the process of healing is often painful. You know, if you have an open wound, like not to be gross, but like sometimes it's like a little itchy, you know, yep. as, as it's healing, like that's actually the process of healing it can be really painful. So uh, many people are afraid of that, but but really walking these 15 individuals that participated in the, in this series of God who knocks, it was a pilot series for us. Um, it was so profound to watch, um, to watch the Lord move in hearts and to see the way that he's very particular to us. He's very particular to the places in our hearts that need restoration. And there was a lot of stories that, right. that, that walked through this series, walked through this series, um, stories of, you know, uh, childhood sexual abuse to divorce, to, um, addiction to, I mean, you name it, right? Like we've all got our stuff. We right. all have those attachments. We all have those places in our own story that are broken. Um, and so, but to see the, just the way that the Holy Spirit so tenderly moves in the hearts of his people when, the, when they give him a yes, um, it's just, it's just stunning. And that's really the work that we get to do at the Lord Center. You know, we're, we're, um, we're a healing 
uh, a place of healing and in human formation. So, and, and human flourishing. So through counseling, one-on-one counseling through the programs, the retreats, the education that we offer, everything that we do is oriented towards that restored humanity. Right. Um, and to go into those places in our own story that need tending to. So if somebody said, all right, I, so I, I totally great. Why is this topic for ignition? Uh, well, which is in many ways a podcast about the new evangelization, about growing in relationship with Jesus Christ. What does this have to yes! do with uh, me growing as a missionary disciple, as a follower of Jesus, who is called to share him with other people as well? We need to be wounded healers. Wounded healers. Yes. And, and part of the call to the new evangelization is for you and I to be disciple makers yep. as broken disciples. And the reality that we ourselves are wounded and Jesus's desire was to come into the world so that people might have life and have it to the full over and over and over again throughout the gospels. We see and experience part of the critical gospel message is Jesus's desire to heal. Right. Behold, I make all things new. Like that is his desire. And so if we are really going to respond to the call of evangelization, we have to be attentive to this critical piece of the gospel message, which was to heal. And that means physical healings, but I think more, more, um, even more deep than that is the emotional healing right. and the reality of our day and age and just the emotional brokenness that we're experiencing, the high levels of anxiety, the high levels of depression, suicide, um, trauma, childhood trauma, all of these kinds of things. Like, that's the very place in which I think Jesus is so attentive right now to his desire to heal, which is a critical piece of what it means to be a missionary, Amen. to be a disciple. Amen. So, yeah, I think of, there's a, there's a, you know, listeners, there's this well-known theological dictum, grace builds on nature. So there is this. So, yeah, grace well builds on nature. Grace builds on nature. And for the relevant, so the topic that we're talking about today to me is so important towards missionary discipleship here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, the Diocesan Vision Lifelong Catholic Missionary Discipleship through God's love because grace builds on nature. Meaning in this context, um, I if I'm going to be holy, my holiness requires that I be as healthy and especially emotionally, psych- psychologically healthy as I can be. I, I'm, I'm curious to know one thing I want to talk about a little bit later on is where well, you seem to have to be perfect. No, but there's a reality that in order for me to flourish as a missionary disciple, as a disciple, I need to attend to my own, as you said, wounded, mm-hmm. uh, broken disciples. So in order for me to grow become as holy as I, as I'm called to be, I have to attend to my psychological, emotional health. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, that can be, um, misinterpreted really easily. So I just want to name this. I think that can be really misinterpreted as I kind of need to work for my own holiness. I can achieve my own holiness by tending to myself and kind of like checking off the virtues, right? (laughs) What was it? Was it Edison that like his whole goal was to see if he could perfect all of the virtues? Really? Yeah. Have you heard this story? Yeah. So he had a whole list and he would keep track of them every single day. And, you know, could I, can I perfect all of the virtues? Anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. I think part of the the tending to ourselves and um, and tending to the places in our heart that need healing, grace building on nature, allows us to be in a greater posture of receptivity yep. to what it is that the Lord wants yep. to do. So the power of the sacrament of reconciliation 
is that it disposes us because we're ridding ourselves of sin that kind of gunks up our our heart, our soul, whatever. It allows us to sit in this posture of receptivity to receive more of God's grace. And I always say like woundedness um, is is like a pair of glasses, a pair of discolored glasses through which we look at the world. You've probably heard me talk about this all the time, but it skews our perception of reality. And when our perception of reality is skewed, it's really difficult to truly understand who God is because God is the most true, most real thing. So if we can't see that, if our perception of reality is skewed, then it's going to be really difficult for us to like truly grow in authentic relationship to, to the Lord and to, and to other people, to our community, to our friends, our spouse, whomever, our parent or our children. So I think really like, tending to these places in our hearts, tending to our humanity, really uh, working to be healthy, working to be healthy, working on our nature mm-hmm. allows us to be in that posture of receptivity. Amen. Yeah, for me, it's um, whether it is just growing, so not necessarily like deep uh, emotional wounds, but just areas of weakness that I'm newly aware of. It is, for me, it is, Lord, this is, I, I'm now aware, however that happened, of areas of weakness or wounds healed me. So it's not, for me, it's not, and I'm curious, like, uh, feel free to disagree with me on this, it, it, uh, but I think it's echoing what you just said. It's not that I'm curing myself, it's that I'm newly aware of the areas of weakness um, and or brokenness in my life so that I can invite, invite the Lord to heal me. But there is the, in order for me to ask for his help, I need to be aware that I need his help. So there's a lot of self-awareness in that and then giving that to him, if you will. And it's often the Holy Spirit that actually does the revelation. Right. right. You know, I was just reading or um, watching an interview between a, a therapist and a, somebody else, somebody that was interviewing him. And he was sharing this story of a young man that he, this therapist had accompanied. And uh, at one point, the therapist, as he's sharing this story, and honestly, of course, um, says, there was a point in which I realized we were far deeper than I could have ever gone as a therapist. Mm. And the Holy Spirit had taken over because a memory of this young man's life had come up from when he was two years old. Memory is a difficult thing because normally we don't have concrete memories, yep. right? At that early, uh, that early age. But it was actually in and through the power of the Holy Spirit that he revealed this place in this young man's heart that was the the root of this compulsion that this young man was experiencing. And I just thought it was so profound when I share that, that was really the critical piece of the therapist recognizing that was only the Holy Spirit that could uncover that. Right. That it's that it's only the Lord can that that can uncover those deepest place in our hearts that we are not even aware of. He initiates that brings it to our conscious awareness, and then we have a choice. Most of us let that come up and then let it go right back out, right? Because it's uncomfortable. There's typically shame attached. Like you ever have those memories that come up that you're just like, like they kind of just make you cringe. Yep. What do we do with that? Do we engage it? Do we let it go right back out? Do we allow the Lord to show up in it? Amen. Amen. So can I, um, it's, it's just, as we're recording this, probably a couple of few weeks ago, I had shared with you just a series of um, memories that I, be, I they weren't like distant, I'd forgotten them. They weren't long lost, but just mindful of them in, in, in the context 
of my own journey. Can we talk about that a little yeah, bit? You okay with to. it? Okay, yeah, we're going to do that in yeah, just do. a minute. But in case you're just tuning in, uh, you are listening to Ignition. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, talking today with Emily Leadham, the Executive Director of the Lord Center, about the importance of healing, especially emotional healing, for our own growth in holiness. Would that be a fair summary Beautiful. of what we're talking about? Beautiful. So, um, one of my uh, pain points, for lack of a better word, um, is, um, yeah, so I, I can sometimes, uh, I get triggered <laughs> when I feel like I'm I'm on the outside, whether I'm left out or I feel left behind, and whether that's real or not, that that's that can just be and it's, it's an emotional response. Uh, yeah. So talking about that with a couple of people, including you, just conversation wise, um, I realized, and then just invitation an invitation to pray with. Actually, it was the Lord first to in prayer remind me of how in my own case I can really get uh, I can I can bind together my own self identity with how well I'm using my gifts. And the Lord brought to my mind a memory of second, from second grade of me being actually honored and rewarded for using my gifts in mm-hmm. second grade. Well, an invitation to think and pray about that led to a time in first grade where um, I realized I was always in the hurry to be the first one done with my homework. Little eight, nine-year-old Chris Bergwell, 10-year-old, want to be the first one done, which led to a kindergarten memory of me um, being the last one getting my work done and everybody else is doing something really fun and here I am by myself. And so I realized, oh my gosh, like this, like where I have like this, this um, hurt or pain around being left behind is probably because I had a really painful, I mean, for a kindergartner, a really painful, painful. experience painful. of being left behind and left out. And so I, I, I think, I'm, well, subconsciously resolved, I will never be the last one done again, which led me in my first grade, like I'm in a race to be the first one. And by second grade, like I'm in a race to be the, the first in the class. So for me, as we were talking about this, this is this is how I apply this to myself. It's not like some deep, like deep, like it wasn't some horrible abuse that I suffered, but it was a painful experience that I developed certain behaviors and compensations around. Yes. 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 And I want to speak to just the tenderness with which you talk about nine-year-old Chris, right. as even as you're telling that story, and and also challenge something in you, please. This tendency to say, you know, for a, for a kindergarten, not a big deal, but for a kindergartner, a right, big thing right. or not a huge hurt, not yep. a huge pinpoint. I hear people do that a lot. And I think one of the challenges in that is that kindergartner Chris, for kindergartner Chris, that was really hard. Right. Amen. And 40 year old Chris is looking at it now with. 45 year old (laughs) (laughs) closer, but anyway, (laughs) so then 50 year old, no, I'm just kidding. Um, how old are you? 48. Okay. That was close. Um, there's, but, but we, we often tend to put on our adult eyes to childhood experiences in order to try and rationalize them. And the reality is that me as a first grader can't rational rationalize with the adult brain that I have now. Right. And so we often diminish those own, our own, stories in that way thinking it wasn't that big of a deal right i I need to i I mean it was just a kindergartner thing of feeling left out whatever blah 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 no like that's part of the the 
the process of healing is actually to look with incredible tenderness and to not rationalize with our adult brains the childhood experiences that cause us pain. Right. Because it was real for me as a kindergartner. Very real. Even though as an adult, maybe it wouldn't have been. It was real. And that impacted in a a significant way how I have lived my life for the last 40 years because our emotions stay the same. And so it locks ourselves in the, it locks itself in this part of the brain that was painful. And even though your rational rationality grows, it still triggers that same emotional response because that doesn't that, I mean, we grow in our ability to kind of, you know, master our emotions to a certain extent and whatever, but, but the place in which that lands itself in our brain is consistent. Right. Right. So for me, so, all right. So, Connected. Actually, I'm going to let you go first, then I'll share my observations. I won't change my answers based on yours. Um, so what's the connection, again, to missionary discipleship? Yeah. So <clears throat> if you want to use my real-world example or another example, so thinking about our these, these, in my case, early childhood memories and how they had a real impact, even though they're not they're not horrendous wounds, they were real experiences that impacted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the connection then, again, for me today trying to grow as a missionary disciple? Because it brings greater freedom to be who you're called to be. So I'll share an example of four weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, I was reading the story of the the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Did I tell you this? I think I know you're going. So I'm reading the stories of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Um, It was in the context of kind of a retreat day. I um, am finishing up my time of prayer and this detail within the story of the road to Emmaus captures my attention. And that's that the disciples, as they were leaving Jerusalem, it wasn't just after the crucifixion. It was actually after they knew that the tomb was empty. And as I'm reading this, that little detail comes to light for right. me for the first time. I don't remember think, like noticing that ever before. So it it arrests my attention that, man, these disciples are leaving after they know that the tomb is empty. It's not just that, okay, the it's done. Jesus died. We thought he was the Messiah. He's not because he died. It's after they know that some of them among us went to the tomb this morning and said that it was empty. Mm-hmm. And then they decide to leave Jerusalem. And I start to experience, this is going to sound weird to listeners. I start to experience deep agitation. Mm. I am so annoyed i'm like these disciples (laughs) these stinking disciples knew that the tomb was empty they had just seen they had seen jesus who they'd spent all of this time with they've poured their life into like the most important person they've they've given their whole life to him they saw him die he said he was gonna rise the tomb is now empty and that's when they decide to leave jerusalem like i am annoyed yeah like palpably annoyed and the the time is prayers up and the next conference is supposed to start. So I'm walking back into the gathering space and I was so struck by my own annoyance, captivated by this detail. My interior response is annoyance. And I uh, made a bold step in that. I asked the Lord, why am I so annoyed? Mm-hmm. It's a bold thing to ask the Lord questions about your own heart. I said, why does this annoy me so much? And with such tenderness, with such tenderness, the Lord said, "Um, you're annoyed with them because you're annoyed with yourself. And I knew it to be true. And 
it was annoyance in my own failures to go seek out the Lord. Mm. Annoyance in my own failures to pray like I want to pray, to put him first in all things, to commit my life to him in the way that I desire to commit my life to him, to parent in a way that is going to always be so honoring of him, right? All the ways that I lose patience, all of these things, these times where I fail to seek out the empty tomb. And uh, it opened up something, obviously, right? It opened up something in my heart Mm -hmm. in a place that needs ongoing healing in me Mm -hmm. um, where I am annoyed with my own failures rather than sitting in this posture of receptivity and allowing the tender, loving touch of God to come in and touch that place in my heart. Agitation, yep. annoyance with myself, frustration, I suck, whatever. Yep. It was this invitation to be who I am created to be, to sit in right relationship with Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the power of the Holy Spirit to receive him and to seek out the empty tomb, to seek out him. I think that's, and it was a healing moment. I mean, right. it's a it's a, it's a deep healing moment in very real time yep. in my life. I mean, this was three weeks ago, very real time healing moment um, where the Lord was revealing to me my own hustle for, mm. my own hustle for my own worth, you right. know, or like the ways that I hustle to, for my own holiness. And, um, and he wasn't annoyed with me. Right, right. It was convicting. It was bold. It was, you know, direct, but he wasn't annoyed with me. That was a healing moment that allows me to be more of the disciple that God wants me to to be. be. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So Emily, what I want to do, uh, we, okay. Can we continue this conversation? We, (laughs) we are, um, because we're coming to the end of this first episode and I want to talk more about the, okay, so now what? So we, cause, and you, you, you started to tease it up for us, um, so you, what I want to do in particular, we're going to, in the next episode here, I want to revisit um, the bold step of asking the question in your case, Lord, why am I so annoyed? Uh, and then how that happened. And, and again, how this is something, um, this was healing that he did for you, that you, it, this is not a self-help thing. This is more of awareness by the Holy Spirit and an invitation to be healed. Is that fair? Amen. Okay. We'll do that uh, in the next episode. So I hope you enjoyed that first part of our conversation with Emily. Uh, Again, take to prayer some of the things we talk about. We're going to have part two of the conversation next week. But I really really want to invite you and encourage you to to think about, um, pray about, maybe talk to uh, some trusted friends or family members about some of the things that, that Emily and I talked about. And remember, the Lord really does desire our healing. Um, so it is really a matter of inviting him in, and we'll talk about this more uh, next week, but inviting him to show us the things in our lives that need healing, uh, and then in a sense, giving him permission to bring that healing about. Um, and we will continue next week with the second part 
of this conversation. Oh, and I should mention also again, make sure you check out the Emily's check out Emily's podcast as well. Lead them to life. It's a great podcast. You mentioned this. It's it's on hiatus, but she'll be back again with a continuation of her current season soon. Really want to encourage you to check it out. But again, invite the Lord in to allow him to heal you in the ways that he desires. And that'll wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, ideas, or questions for future episodes. Until next time, may God bless you.